You are listening to the Elite Sports Show with your host, Knoxville Zone, Sam Moore. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Elite Sports Show. Um, of course, I'm flying solo this week. Tony's enjoying his little mini vacation down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, his should be back, I think, tomorrow, maybe Monday. Or, well, tomorrow is Monday. But, uh, yeah, I think he's coming back tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, he'll be back on next week. I'll try to get his thoughts on the discussion we're going to have towards the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to go on another rant about the NCAA, so that'll be fun for everybody that uh, already listened to me rant a little bit last week, but I'm going to go over that a little bit more. I do have, like, maybe not a solution to their problem, but definitely a base for a solution to their problem, I think, uh, that could really work out. Um, yeah, before we move any further, I uh, just want to talk about... Our sponsor, um, if you are a vapor like myself, you like very good tasting e-liquids, and uh, you can get those at vapetristar.com. Uh, they got some really good liquids, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't get paid by them or anything like that for this. Uh, they're a really good company run by really good people, and you can go to their website, like I said, at vapetristar.com, and uh, use the promo code ELITE10 to get 10% off your total order. So if you want some good e-liquids, go to vapetristar.com. That is vapetristar.com. Use the promo code ELITE10. Get 10% off your order. Uh, but let's go ahead and get in some NBA scores. And uh, da-da-da. I am way off track already. We have the Magic taking on the Grizzlies at home, defeating them 107-100. Uh, the Nuggets defeat the Cavaliers 126-117 on the road. Uh, the Heat beat the Pistons 105-96 at home. The Rockets beat the Celtics in a uh, matchup of powerhouses in the NBA, 123-120 at home in Houston. Excuse me. Uh, the Lakers beat the, beat the Spurs in San Antonio, 116-112. Uh, the Trailblazers beat OKC at home, 108-100. And finally, the Jazz defeat the Kings, 98-91. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the rest of the week, see if there are any games to look out for. Um, tonight, not really, <laughs> uh, Monday, da, da, da. Mm, I, nothing really on Monday, Pistons, Cavs, if you want to see that, that's 7 o'clock Monday night, or tomorrow night, uh, Rockets, Thunder, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, it's not looking like a good week for NBA basketball, nothing on Wednesday, Spurs Warriors Thursday. Uh, that's of course that's at ten thirty. Um, Warriors Trailblazers at ten. If I remember correctly, the last time the Warriors and Trailblazers played, uh, it was a Portland win. But I think there was a little bit of drama in that game. Could be interesting. Uh, next Sunday or next Saturday, Spurs play the Thunder um, in OKC. But yeah, we'll go ahead and take a look at the standings. Um, looking at the Easter Conference. Uh, your top eight from eight to one. The Heat are 12 games back. The Bucks are 11 and a half back. The Sixers are 10 back. The Pacers are nine and a half back. The Wizards are nine back. The Cavs are eight and a half back. The Celtics are a game and a half back. And the Raptors are still your Eastern Conference top seed for the playoffs. Um, the gap between eighth and ninth seed. Um, if you want to call ninth place in the East a seeding, you you're not making the playoffs, but. I guess you could still call it a ninth seed, uh, but you're not making the playoffs with that. Um, 
the Pistons, they're 16 games back, so they're four games behind the Heat, and the Hornets, which are 17 games back, um, five games behind the Heat. Um, so, season's starting to wind down, um, and it's starting to look like, you know, you've got your teams that are going to make the playoffs in the East. Looks like you're seeing those right now in the top eight, um, unless the Heat just. I mean, the Heat don't have to go on a dread, like a dramatic losing, uh, losing streak to lose their placing in uh, for eighth seed, but they would have to play off very inconsistently down the stretch um, compared to how they're playing now. Their last ten, they're four for six, which isn't the best. But the Pistons are also two for eight in their last ten. Um, so yeah, unless the Heat just play really inconsistently down the stretch, and the Pistons play very consistent, or the Hornets play very consistently down the stretch, uh, play a little bit of catch up. Uh, it looks like we're gonna have you know the top eight in the East are locked up. The same, on the other hand, cannot be said about the West. Um, as we go from eight to one. We've got the Nuggets at 14.5 back. Thunder at 13.5 back. Spurs are also 13.5 back. The Spurs are a six seed. Uh, well, I guess they're tied for fifth fifth seed. It, the Western Conference is really crazy right now. Um, so the Thunder, Spurs, and Pelicans, <laughs> the Pelicans, are tied for 13 and are tied 13.5 games back for fifth, sixth, and seventh place. Um, Timberwolves are 13 games back in fourth place. The Trailblazers are in third seed, 12 and a half games back. And then from there, it's the Rockets and Warriors show. Rockets are still leading the Western Conference, um, but the Golden State's just a half game back in second place. Now you hear that and you're like, well, okay, pretty good playoff race. But it's a lot closer than that because the Clippers are 15 and a half games back. The Jazz are only 16 or from the eighth seed, the Clippers are one game back. The Jazz are two games back. The Lakers are six and a half games back. I'm looking at, yeah, six and a half, six and a half games back from the Nuggets, but they're playing a lot more consistently since they made the Isaiah Thomas, eight, bleh, Isaiah Thomas trade, uh, which I didn't expect to happen, but they've been playing very consistently since he came onto the squad. Um, I think, you know, Lonzo Ball's really hitting his stride, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Of course, he's been playing well all season. And they had Isaiah Thomas. Um, they're playing a lot more cons consistently since Isaiah got onto the team. And I don't know if that's a direct correlation. Or maybe it's just, you know, getting certain players off the roster, like, a, like Jordan Clarkson maybe. You know, Jordan Clarkson wasn't working well with Alonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, you know, the way the team's playing now. Because even Julius Randle is playing at a higher level, I think, um, than before that trade. He's playing a lot better after the trade, I believe. Uh, so I don't know if maybe, not, I'm not saying Jordan Clarkson may have been a problem in the locker room or anything like that, but maybe, you know, his play style wasn't meshing very well with everyone else on the team. Um, but yeah, the Lakers have been playing a lot more consistently since that trade, I think. Um, so I think they have a really good chance at actually making the playoffs now. Whereas before I did not think that. Um, but yeah, past that, those are the only, those are the eight, nine, 10, 11 teams that have a shot in making uh, the playoffs in the Western Conference because the Kings are 30 and a half back, the Mavs are 30 and a half back, and then the Suns and Grizzlies are both 31 games back. Um, so basically the bottom four of the Western Conference is the race for who gets the first pick in the NBA draft. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're on tank watch again, uh, which I'm, we're going to make that 
a weekly thing. Uh, the Bulls are sh- sitting at, or the Bulls are shitting. Uh, the Bulls are sitting at 21 and 41. Uh, the Nets are 20 and 43. The Magic are 20 and 43. And the Hawks are 19 and 44. That's your tank watch for the East. In the West, you have the Kings at 19 and 44. The Mavs at 19 and 44. The Suns at 19 and 45. And the Grizzlies at 18 and 44. Um, I'm a Grizzlies fan. If we get the first pick in the draft, I'm not going to be too upset about missing the playoffs this year. That would be okay for me. Um, the Celtics are having a hell of a year, so like I'm not... I, that's the good thing about having a second team in a, in, a, in a league, is being able to fall back on somebody. A lot of people don't like that, but... Um, you know, I have the set of teams that I grew up liking, and then I have the set, the set of teams that I like grew into as I was getting older... That's how that works out. But anyway, let's move on past the NBA and into the NCAA. And I want to point out real quick, um, trick completely transparent here. I'm recording this at 2 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning slash Saturday night, whichever way you want to look at that. Um, and I do it so late at night because I want to do it while everything is fresh in my mind. Um, and because I know every game is over. Usually, but apparently not this week because St. Mary's and Pepperdine are still playing right now. And uh, there are eight minutes left in the second half of that game. So that game has still got a good amount of game time left. But if you're interested in the Pepperdine-St. Mary's score, Pepperdine's beating St. Mary's 54-53. That's 27-4, and uh, 22nd ranked in the country. St. Mary's down one, which isn't that big of a deal, but they're still like playing a really tight game. Uh, that's the West Coast Conference Tournament. Pepperdine's six and twenty-five and two and sixteen in the conference, so that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, let's move with some top twenty-five scores outside of St. Mary's, who are playing in their conference tournament right now. Um, number one, Virginia defeats Notre Dame sixty-two fifty-seven at home. Michigan defeats Michigan State on the road. That's number two, Michigan State defeated by number fifteen, Michigan. Um, in East Lansing, seventy-five to sixty-four. Xavier beats DePaul, 65-62 on the road. Uh, Villanova crushes Georgetown at home, fourth-ranked Villanova, 97-73. Um, Duke gets the win over North Carolina, 5 Duke over number 9 North Carolina. I'm really bad with giving these rankings. Uh, 74-64. Oklahoma State, unranked Oklahoma State, defeats number 6 Kansas, 82-64. Um so, you know, Kansas still won the Big 12, but, like, it's still, there's there's just something missing from this team. It's not feeling good. They've lost a lot of games they should not have lost this year. Uh, number 7, Gonzaga defeats Loyola Marymount, 83-69. to uh, Number 8, Purdue defeats Penn State at home, 78-70. to Number 12, Texas Tech defeats TCU, 79-75 uh, to at home. Uh, that was a really close game. I did watch a little bit of that game before I went to work, and, uh, Thought the Frogs were going to pull it out, but Texas Tech ends up pulling it out. Uh, they snapped their four-game losing streak uh, to end the season. I think that was – I think everyone played their last games of the regular season this year. Um, but two teams that definitely did play their last games of the regular season this year. Um, clinching the SC, or clinching a share of the SEC title, um, regular season SEC title. Number 14, Auburn defeats South Carolina at home 79-70. to and then number 16, Tennessee defeats Georgia at home, 66-61. So Auburn and Tennessee are the uh, SEC regular season co-champions this year. 
crazy, crazy story. You know, Auburn was picked, I think, eighth or ninth to finish um, preseason in the SEC, and Tennessee was fit, predicted to finish 13th uh, next to last in the in the conference preseason. Um, so, yeah, really crazy story there to have those two co-champions when they were picked to, you know, one was picked middle of the conference, the other one was picked to be last place in the conference. So that's really crazy, uh, really crazy story to tell there. So that's nice to hear for both teams and nice to hear for myself, obviously. But, um, yeah, good win for both teams. And um, as we gear up for conference tournament season to start and see who gets, you know, see how the seeding is going to work out in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, Clemson drops another, number 18 Clemson drops another on the road at Syracuse, 55-52. Uh, to 52. Oh, my gosh, my nose is itching. Uh, number 19 Arizona defeats California at home 66 to 54 Texas defeats number 20 West Virginia at home 87 to 79 so West Virginia drops one to unranked Texas but not a bad Texas team um, they're just not ranked uh, but that's a decent Texas team I mean they're not the best they're not the worst they're a good Texas team I think they're decent I'm talking too much about Texas. <laughs> um, San Diego State defeats number 21 Nevada at home, 79-74. Uh, Florida, Florida defeats Kentucky at home, 80-67. to uh, Number 23 Kentucky unranked Florida. And the final top 25 game to talk about, number 24 Middle Tennessee State falls to Marshall at home, 76-67. to um, So we'll take a look at the bracketology, see how that changed. Of course, raising Gillinardi's bracketology from ESPN. Full disclosure there. Uh, I am not smart enough to try to do bracketology, so I'm going to use Gillinardi's work, even though I'm not a, the biggest fan of him. Um, but your one seeds at the moment are Virginia, Kansas. That might change. Um, Virginia, Kansas, Xavier, and Villanova. Uh, two seeds are Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan State, Duke, and... Purdue, North Carolina, Michigan State, and I'm not seeing the fourth uh, two seed. Where is it at? Uh, Duke. Okay. I, I think I said that the first time, but I just lost track. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, other notables, uh, Middle Tennessee State has the 11th seed, um, Houston 6th seed, Arizona State 9th seed. Um, and Florida Gulf Coast are the 15 seeds. So those are the teams that are trending up. The teams that are trending down are Rhode Island and Florida State that are 7 and 10 seeds, um, both in the Midwest um, region, I think. The way that, the way way I wish you could see what I'm seeing because the way it's formatted makes it so much more confusing. Like I know it seems like I'm talking really slow, but I'm just trying to comprehend what I'm seeing. But let's move on to some uh, some NHL scores. For the day for Saturday, uh, the Lightning defeat the Flyers at home in a shootout 7-6. A shootout in both both meanings of the word. Um, the Stars defeat the Blues at home 3-2 in overtime. The Blackhawks defeat the Kings 5-3 on the road. The Bruins defeat the Canadians at home in overtime 2-1. The Penguins defeat the Islanders in overtime 3-2. A lot of overtime games today, uh, or last night rather. The Caps defeat the Maple Leafs 5-2. Coyotes, another fucking Coyotes win while we're recording this, but the Coyotes defeat the Senators 2-1 uh, at home, and the Rangers defeat the Oilers 3-2 on the road. 
Now let's take a look at some scores throughout the week. Um, tonight on deck, big games, big games, big games. Vegas takes on New Jersey. Uh, the Preds are taking on Colorado. Uh, that's it for Sunday, really. Monday, 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 Monday. Nothing Monday. Well, Maple Leafs, Sabres, Monday. Uh, Red Wings, Bruins on Tuesday. Golden Knights, Blue Jackets. That's on Tuesday as well. Uh, Caps, Ducks. So some pretty good games for Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, nothing really. Thursday, Bruins, Flyers. Uh, Vegas, Detroit. Anaheim, Nashville. Caps, Kings. Blues, Sharks. Friday, mm, nothing there, really. And then next Saturday, we got Blackhawks, Bruins, Golden Knights, Buffalo, uh, Tampa Bay, Montreal. Maple Leafs, Penguins. So like, we got some decent games coming up um, th for the rest of the week. Uh, those are the top games. Of course, I don't go over every game that's going to be taken on for the uh, for the week, or else I'd be talking forever. Um, so if you do want to, you know, just look at the games. Look at the games that are coming up this week. Because I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all of them. I'll, I'll, bore, I'll bore both of us to death. Um, <laughs> but let's take a look at the Eastern Conference standings for the NHL. Um, the Atlantic, you know, still that that top three powerhouse. Those are the three teams that are going to be leading that division. Um, as we near the end of the season, uh, Tampa Bay are the conference lead or the division leaders. Sorry, uh, the Bruins are right behind them by. I'm not good at math. <laughs> by six points, uh, the uh, the Lightning are at 94 points. The Bruins are a, a are at 88, and Toronto is at 85 points. And then after that, it's the Panthers, Red Wings, Canadians, Senators, and Sabers. Not catching up. It's not going to happen. Uh, so those three teams made a lot of a lot of distance in between the others uh, to ensure that one of them will be winning the division. Um, and Tampa Bay is making making some moves. Yeah, getting ahead by a little bit. Finally, creating some distance um, in first place. But then again, they've still played three more games than uh, Boston has, and Toronto's played four more games than Boston has. So. Boston's still got a little bit of room to catch up. Um, look at the Metropolitan. The Caps are the leaders there. Uh, two points back are the Flyers. Three points back are the Penguins. And then seven points back are the Devils. And then after that, the Metropolitan division is a pretty close division. Um, but I just don't see some of these teams being able to catch up to do anything like that. Um, yeah, it, it, it'll just be a really hard thing to do because the way I'm seeing it, the Metropolitan is going to finish with either Caps, Flyers, Penguins, or Devils, um, division winner, division winner there. And to me, the Devils are more of a stretch out of those four than, you know, the Penguins, the Flyers, or the Caps. Um, but the Devils, I think, have a better chance than Carolina, Columbus, Rangers, or Islanders, um, out of those four teams up top. <coughs> um, Looking at the Western Conference, also, before we move to the Western Conference, I just want to point out that Tampa Bay and Boston, Tampa Bay has a 58, a plus 58 goal differential, and Boston has a plus 51 goal differential, uh, and that is insane. 
Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the Western Conference. And in the Central, it is the Preds with a six-point lead over the Jets. Uh, 91-85 there. And then at 79 points is the Dallas Stars. Uh, 79 points as well is the Minnesota Wild. And then you've got the Avalanche and the Blues at 75 points. And the Blackhawks at 64. So the Blackhawks, uh, I, I want to say there's no way they're going to be winning the, uh, the Central Division this year. So I, I think it's going to be between Nashville, Winnipeg, um, and Minnesota. Uh, Dallas is playing some really good hockey right now. But I think down the stretch, I think Minnesota will be able to overcome them um, and have a better chance than Dallas will. And Nashville and Winnipeg, I think, are the top two candidates, obviously, um, to take that. It's Nashville's playing really good hockey right now. They finally got in their groove um, right after the you know the All Star break and everything like that. They finally hit their groove and started playing like they were in the uh, you know late last season and into the the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. Um, so yeah, the Predators playing really good hockey right now. The Jets are playing really good hockey as well. Um, but the Predators are on a seven-game win streak, so they're creating a lot of distance, but uh, you know, a lot of distance between themselves and the Jets. Um, so they can keep up their consistency like that. I mean, they're eight for two in their last ten games, so they're playing really well right now. It's going to be really hard to uh, try to slow down that Predators team as we get closer to towards the end of the year. Um, and then we look at the Pacific, which is the Golden Knights. Uh, San Jose's catching up, though. They are gaining a little bit of ground. They're only uh, eight points back on Vegas, and the Kings are only ten points back. Um, so there's a little bit of catch up there. The Vegas uh, Golden Knights dropped the last three of their games, and in their last ten, they're five, four, and one. So they're not. <clears throat> I don't want to say they're not playing good hockey because they're still playing good hockey uh, when you look at it from an overall picture. But when you look at their last ten games, they've been struggling a little bit. Um, and I don't watch a lot of Vegas. Uh, games haven't watched a lot here lately at least so i don't know what those issues could possibly be um but the way i'm looking at it they're not playing the best they've played all year now i don't know if maybe they have in, an injury or um you know some sort of some sort of issue on the lineup or something like that but um yeah vegas isn't playing the best hockey they've played this year um especially through the last 10 like i said they're five four and one so they're splitting those games 50 50 uh for the last 10 so uh it's be a big week for them to try to catch up, start playing at the same level they were before. Because uh, they're not playing the best hockey they've they played all year right now. They don't want to let San Jose catch up because San Jose's playing some really good hockey right now. Um, take a drink break real quick. <sighs> Alright, so we're going to NASCAR tomorrow, or today rather. Um, we have the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas. Uh, top 10 for that race. Starting lineups, or starting grid. Uh, the top 10, you got uh, pole winner Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Brad Kozlowski, Eric Jones, and Joey Logano. Um, other notables, Kyle Busch is at 13th, Jimmy Johnson 14th, Austin Dillon, Daytona 500 winner, uh, he's at 16th. And then from there, you know, it's how you would expect it to be really um yeah i think this will be a good race tomorrow i always like watching the vegas race uh it's one of my favorite races of the year um hoping for a you know ron blaney he got the pole there i'm hoping for a team pinsky win um we got all three of our guys in the top 10 uh this week so hopefully it'll be a good team team pinsky win 
there's my NASCAR, there's my NASCAR fandom, Team Penske. Um, Logano is my my number one favorite overall, but a Team Penske win for me is a Team Penske win. There's a you know it's just as good as the Logano win to me. Um, yeah, that's all I've got for scores, updates for the week on sports. <coughs> so let's go ahead and get into the um, main stability rant, uh, which I've been thinking about all week actually. So I've had a little bit of time, uh, it was actually Monday, this past Monday, I started thinking about this, um, and it's the whole NCAA paying players, um, ordeal, and this is going on with the FBI investigations in college basketball, but this can apply to, you know, all NCAA sanctioned sports, uh, mostly football, basketball, those two, uh, which I think it would apply to the most, um, but my... So number one, say we'll do this. We'll do this one. First. I have two. I have two things I want to talk about, but we'll do this one first. Um, so to pay the players, so you know something happens with this FBI thing, and the NCAA is finally just like Jesus. Okay, this is an issue. We understand. We need to solve this. We're going to start paying. We're going to pay our players, but we're going to do it in a way where it's the NCAA is feeding the money to the colleges, which they sh- I'm pretty sure they do now anyway from TV revenue and whatnot. Um, or maybe it's through conferences. However it works, we're going to feed the money to the, to the universities. The universities will then play the players that they have on scholarship. Now this is where it gets kind of tricky, I think, but I think it'll work. If you put a player on scholarship that's obviously showing that you believe they're going to be a starting player or play a pivotal role on your team, in which case you'll be paying them if you truly do think that. Walk-ons, sorry you miss out. You walked onto the team. Uh, so if you're not on scholarship, you're a walk-on. For whatever reason, you're not on scholarship. You will not be getting paid. But if you are on scholarship, you'll be getting paid, but there will not be any... Everyone will be getting paid the same amount. And your conferences will be setting those uh, those amounts. So say SEC players get paid, uh, I don't know, $25,000 a year. I'm not saying that's how much they should get paid or how much they shouldn't get paid. I'm just throwing out numbers here. Uh, the SEC gets paid 20, $20,000 a year, $25,000 a year. Who cares? X amount of money. Big 10 is a Y amount. 20000 ACC. 20,000 and then you go to conferences like the Sun Belt they're getting $10,000 a year. So you know something like that where it's not you're not punishing the smaller conferences and the smaller universities but you're also not giving um it's the word I'm looking for. You're not showing favoritism to the bigger conferences. So you're you know you're allowing these smaller universities and smaller conferences to not go bankrupt essentially by doing this which is what i think a lot of um a lot of the reason why this isn't talked about more is because you know the big five conferences and even like the aac and stuff like that they're going to be able to pay their players a lot more because they're making a lot of money but conferences like you know the Sun Belt may be making a little bit of money but they're not going to be making enough to pay all like all their scholarship players thirty thousand dollars a year uh, or maybe they do. I don't. I'm not looking at the numbers, but I'm making assumptions here. I would imagine they don't make that much money. Um, but I think that's a good way to make that work: is to set a certain dollar amount that 
every scholarship player makes, whether you're quarterback, running back, kicker, punter, left guard, you know, nose tackle, whatever position you play, it doesn't matter. Um, and maybe you don't play them as a freshman or, or uh, don't pay them as a freshman or, or they redshirt or anything like that. So you, there's other things you can add on top of that to um, add technicalities in, you know. If they get injured, you still have to pay them regardless if you put them on uh, IR or something like that because that's just not fair to them. Um, yeah, there's other things they could add on to that, and I'm sure they would if this were to actually happen. I'm sure they wouldn't just, if you put a player on scholarship, here's $30,000, throw it at them. I'm sure they'll find some way to either find a way out of paying those players or find a way out of, um, you know, what, whatever it may be. Um the second thing I was thinking about, and this one's, the first one, I think, what we just, what I just talked about is very unrealistic, I think, but this one is even more unrealistic. But it's interesting to think about. So the FBI thing goes down, and, you know, say at the end of this, the FBI is like, the NCAA just cannot control what they're doing, what they're undertaking here. They're just not having, a, they're not able to control the universities. And these coaches and everything that they're doing, because we had to undertake this investigation and found all this stuff. Um, the NCAA shuts down, <laughs> completely gone, um, and then the conferences kind of take over and govern themselves. And when this happens, hypothetically, when this happens, uh, there are going to be some changes. And I don't want to say conference realignment because that's thrown around a lot. Because I don't think this is a conference realignment. It's more of a sort of a political move, I think, because a lot of these conferences are going to have different rules. Like the Big Twelve is not going to have the same rules for as like the uh, as the SEC. They're going to be completely different rule sets. Um, so like maybe paying players, you know, maybe the ACC and the SEC pay players, but the Pac-12 and the Big Twelve don't pay players. Um. So maybe it's something like that where, you know, in the SEC, they say, oh, we're going to pay our players. And Texas A&M goes, uh, we don't really want to do that. They go back to the Big 12 where the Big 12 is not paying players and it all works out for them. Um, so we could see a lot of shakeup in conference members. Uh, maybe some conferences have, you know, maybe the SEC ends up with having 16 teams, but they have two teams leave and the Big 12 ends up with, 12 teams because they have a couple teams come in or two or three how many teams they need uh to get to 12 or maybe they go to 14 maybe the big 10 loses a couple teams maybe you know the pac 12 loses some teams they go to the mountain west or wherever they want to go um and say west virginia is like oh well you know with all this going down uh we don't know how the money situation is going to be we need to stop the travel as much they leave the big 12 and they go to either the acc or the sec you know, there could be a lot of big changes in this. Um, but, yeah, the conferences will be would be governing themselves, having interconference play like there still is, um, you know, SEC playing Big 12, stuff like that. Uh, but I think that would be very interesting to see how that would work because on one hand, you know, there would definitely be conferences that were would be a lot more open to paying their players um, legally as opposed to some conferences who don't want to necessarily pay their players whether they're getting – Surely they're, I mean, you know, they're probably getting paid under the table, but they're not getting paid on the record. Um, I don't think, you know, I think 
There are some conferences that would be more open to that and some conferences that wouldn't be. I'm not saying the SEC and the ACC would be more open. I'm just saying as an example, um, you know, two conferences do and two conferences don't. And then you've got a conference that's maybe halfway in between. Uh, with the scholarship thing, like I just said, I feel like that's a halfway in between, you know, a solid meeting in the middle. Um, yeah, I just think that would be very interesting. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on everything on this FBI investigation to come out. One of those teams included in the FBI investigation are the SEC co-champions, um, Auburn, along with Bruce Pearl. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. Um, I would imagine they're going to wait to release more and more info. I, I would imagine right after the NCAA season ends for basketball, a lot more of that information uh, will be coming out from the FBI regarding their investigation and all that. Because um, they might want to wait until the end of the season to not get you know some of these guys that are playing currently uh, distracted by everything that's going on. And maybe, you know, you never know. We know that they know things that we don't know because they're, they've been investigating this forever. It's the FBI. They know, they know what they need to know already, surely. They just haven't released that info yet. So I think they're waiting until the end of the year, or the end of the season, rather, um, to release that information, which is coming up. In, I mean, it's not far from now. It's just in a month, just next month. This is, by next month, by this time next month the season will be over. If I could get my words out correctly, um, but yeah, it's a short one today. Don't have Tony with us today, um, but he will be back next week. Like I said, he's enjoying his mini vacation in San Antonio right now. Um, so I hope he's having a great time. I haven't talked to him since yesterday. I don't think I talked to him today, uh, but I talked to him yesterday. He seemed to be having a good time. Um, but yeah, we got a couple new shows coming up. Um, the MMA Monday show. I don't know if we talked, I don't know if I talked about that last week, but we have two show, two new shows, uh, throughout the week. We have MMA Mondays, which will be releasing tomorrow, uh, which we already have recorded. We're just sitting on it right now. And then on Wednesdays, if you are a previous podcast listener, or maybe you never listened to it and you're watching this and you enjoy pro wrestling, um, me and Alex are going to be doing a weekly, uh, on Wednesday called the Spotcast. Uh, which is our previous podcast about professional wrestling. We'll be talking about that on Wednesdays. Um, so this Monday, starting this Monday and this Wednesday, we'll have MMA Mondays and the Spotcast uh, Wrestling Wednesdays on every Wednesday. And then of course on Sunday, there's me and Tony, um, except on days he wants to leave me here by myself to record this. Uh, but no, I'm glad he's having a good time down there. Um, I'm not trying to give him a phone call here in a minute when I get off because I'm pretty sure he's headed back to his hotel right now. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, check out our sponsor, VapeTriStar.com. Use the promo code ELITE10 to get 10% off your total order. And uh, have a good one, guys, out there. Have a good one out there, guys. Uh, peace. Bye. My swag is the only game Never add water, that shit will drive you insane Moving up the ladder, to me your shit doesn't matter Your chick might be bad, but I bet my chick is better Show you who I'm reppin', nigga, throwing up Noxide And my nigga snap back, coming in from the north side Sending out shots on the street, come and get a hit Then I take your bitch to my place, and she let me hit Blown rolled up, take a puff, and I pass it down All my niggas with me, A65, that's my home Hometown, Doc on the track. I ain't sipping on Kool Aid. That 
shits for pussies I live life on a high grade Wake up every day ready to bring all the rain Not spilling my blood flowing all through my veins No room for pussy rappers always trying to fit in Say what you want cause all we do is win Wake up every day ready to bring all the rain Not spilling my blood flowing all through my veins